Cheers is filmed before a live studio audience. Hey, Welcome back to another episode. Uh, I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, by my good friends, Joe and Duff. Hey, what's up? Hey, everyone. Hey, guys. Tim! Tim! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Guys, we're back again. Uh, We're talking about uh, Season 1, Episode 17 of Cheers. This episode's titled Diane's Perfect Date. Classic. Um, Yeah. It's a great one. Uh, I've been looking forward to this one. Oh yeah, it's 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 one of my season one faves. It aired originally, guys, February tenth, nineteen eighty three. Let's play the game we always play. Were you born yet? I was not. Uh, I was. Say that date one more time. I'm sorry. Uh, February tenth, nineteen eighty three. Oh yeah. I was about I was about six months old. Okay, I was. I I was. My mom was pregnant with me. Tim, were you born yet? I was four days away from being born. Oh. Yeah, Tim's a Valentine's Day baby. Yeah, next week's your birthday episode. So this probably aired. You heard it in the womb, and you're saying, <laughs> "I got to get out of here and see this great show." <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's start where we always start with these: the cold open. Um. Ah, uh, boy. I'm this. This is a moment where I'm not wild about the cold mm-hmm. open. Pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's one of the weaker ones of the season. Um, Sorry. Diane takes her lunch. Carla's pregnant. Carla sits to eat her lunch, and it's just this gross combination of stuff because of her cravings. It's like green olives and red pimentos. Well, that's not gross. Anchovy. She's taking taking the pimento out of a green olive and putting it into the mouth of an anchovy, and then, I guess, eating the whole thing. I could see that being good. The, The sugar is what makes it awful, in my opinion. See, I think the... I think the anchovy is a good sight gag that kind of salvaged it for me. I don't think it's a great cold open. Yeah. I, I have an anchovy story for you guys. I was at Listening. a, uh, I was at a uh, team dinner at my, at my old job. Nice. And went to team a, or teen team. <laughs> okay. Team dinner. I, haven't gone to I wanted to make dinner. sure this was suitable to air. Uh, and we went to a nice restaurant. Um, we went to the tornado room in Madison, which is very nice. And uh, my boss was buying our, you know, everyone a meal, and we're getting drinks. It was like end wow, of the year. Fancy. Yeah, it was very nice, very kind. Um, and you know, a nicer place than I go to. And I got uh, my nicer food, than Cheers. And there was uh, n- nicer than Cheers. Yeah. Okay. So I got uh, my food, and I don't remember what it was, but there was just there was an anchovy. Um, but I didn't know what it was because I'm just so dumb and from Spooner. And I just took like – I just like, well, I'm just going to do this. And I just took like this giant bite of it. And it was so disgusting. Really? Like it was – I just I, – I couldn't stand how bad it was. And so I didn't know what to do because like I was just recoiling internally. And <laughs> I can think of another story where you did this. And it was it – was, <laughs> it was a cloth like – it was a nice place. It was like a cloth like, you know, napkin you put down. Mm. So I just sort of like took the napkin up to my face, pulled the anchovy out, and then just threw it on the floor. Oh my god! <laughs> I like what how is wrong with you. I didn't I, want to put the chew, like the anchovy on the plate, or I didn't know what to do. I, I like how you were halfway to the acceptable, polite thing, which is to put the napkin up to your mouth and just kind of like 
not make a big show of it, but like spit it out. But instead, you threw it on the floor. Because it yeah, was you could have just said, "I'm sorry, everyone. I wanted to try something new. I really don't like it." Instead, you I, threw it on the floor. I didn't. I didn't know what to, I wanted. My napkin still, so I didn't want left in the napkin. So I just wanted to. I wanted to still have my napkin for the rest of the meal. Uh, there is that famous rule at a restaurant: <laughs> you can only get one napkin. <laughs> Now, were so you staring I, someone directly in the eyes as you threw it on the floor? Like, it was it? Did it come across as a challenge to anyone to call uh, you out yeah. on it? Did other people throw their anchovies <laughs> on the were floor? Were stray dogs growling at you while you did it? <laughs> yeah, no one. I mean, I just remember all my other people were talking, and I was just like, "Oh no, what do I do?" And I was just panicking internally, and I just like just dropped it on the floor, and then uh, I'm so stupid. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> so said it all right there. Yeah. Uh, I do want to say that I feel like anchovy humor is a trope I want to see make a comeback. And then yeah. I think I feel like this was a thing in the 80s and maybe 90s, but there was always just like and there'd be an anchovy gag, but like we're going to get a pizza, but it'll have anchovies. And everyone's like, you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're bring, right. Bring that back, current sitcom writers. <laughs> the issue I have here, and this is, I mean, this is a comedy trope that probably there's no point in picking apart, but. The amount of work that Carla has gone through to get, get her little tray together of the anchovies and the sugar and everything, she could just make a sandwich with yeah. all that effort. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just, it shows like a psychopathic level of intent for what she's gone through just to get Diane's sandwich. But let's get, let's get, let's, let's dig right into it, guys. Um, we have Diane returns. She's been gone for the weekend yeah. on a date with Walter. <laughs> God, this guy. <laughs> Walter. How, how many minutes could you spend with that guy before you punched him in the face? I'm amazing. I'm, well, <laughs> I'm fascinated well, that he could be a like highly uh, respected geneticist with this ama- <laughs> this horrible quirk that he has. He obviously yeah. works alone. Yes. Yeah. So the quirk, of course, is he's he mentions that he has a special skill, and he can instantly instantly guys know how many letters are in a sentence that anyone says and this starts a recurring gag that is um uh, uh, it's just sam dunking over and over and over again <laughs> that sam's on the, fire right here the last the last one is maybe the best it, it's of the one episode. of the best jokes i think of any sitcom like it's as good as a sitcom joke can get yeah yeah it's, yeah. yeah so so some of the highlights would be uh Sam asks how many days it's uh, are. Um, we find out that Diane says that Walter's been doing this all weekend, and then Sam asks how many days it seem like, and Walter answers back quickly. <laughs> Twenty four. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I want to call attention to there. Shelley Long does this little gesture. She points to him like, "Yeah, it has felt like that long." Yes. And there's something <laughs> in her timing and the way she nails that gesture that I just thought, like, it was a little bit of comedic genius from Shelley yes. Long. I really, really appreciated her in that moment. Yeah. Yes. There's there's a couple moments like that in this episode where <laughs> Shelley Long is so good. How good this, was Diane? This Girl. episode... <laughs> yeah. How good... On, yes. a, on a scale of 1 to 100, how good was Diane? Was 24. 20, yeah. <laughs> no, 29. 29 is what he says there. Yeah. 29. <laughs> and then this he episode, smiles. Like, he gets that Sam has used him to insult Diane, and he does not care at all. No. He just he wants to show off his skill, and then we do find out that he's a geneticist, and then we have Coach, you know, with with the line of like, "Oh, he studies genets." <laughs> <laughs> That's a Rob thing. 
that's something Rob would say. Oh, God, that's so funny. Um, so one thing I really like about this episode, and this would vary from episode to episode, but in this one, a lot of times Diane can come, it, they'll make her too prudish. Yeah. But in this one, she's like vindictive and playful, and it's really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a David Lloyd penned episode, and he just he tends to bring, I think, the humanity of all the characters out in really fun ways. Uh, you know, he he's kind of been doing that. He he was from Mary Tyler Moore, and I think he really nailed it on that show too. And uh, any any episode where I see him in the opening credits, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, yeah i I did a little bit of uh, looking into David Lloyd, and he is basically like 70s and 80s sitcom royalty he did uh mary tyler moore taxi rhoda um he did he did the episode of mary tyler moore where the clown dies and everyone yes. starts laughing yeah. at the funeral i mean chuckles that's like iconic that's like this that's dude an amazing is a episode. legend yeah Ch- chuckles bites the dust which i think tv guide they one time voted it as the best ever sitcom episode which it's like yeah it's arguably up there i I don't know what else I would put above it, but it's way up there. Uh, oh, Tim, he worked on your favorite, Dear John. I love Dear John. Big Judd Hirsch fan. With Judd Hirsch. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, David Lloyd, heavy hitter in the, the sitcom era of the... I think he worked on Frasier. was his last big show. Oh, wow. So it's like that's a long career. Yeah. Um, well, we get, to the, we get to the main storyline. We're going to spend bulk of our time today. Uh, and it's uh, Diane and Sam have agreed to set each other up. That is sort of like, and this is the thing that Cheers does so well. We've talked about this, but like this is another example. Um, you know, I'm sort of new to Cheers, like as a new viewer to some extent, and uh, kind of going back to it and, and and understanding its brilliance. Part of it is how it just takes these like absolute sitcom tropes and just does them brilliantly. You know, like it doesn't. It's not like you know, it's not like Seinfeld where it's totally blowing things out of the, you know, out of out of the box of like how you could do this. It's all in the box of a sitcom, but every note is hit so perfectly or just twisted just enough to add something new to it. It's I don't know. I just this is a no, perfect example. I, I I had I had a note that was pretty much the exact same thing. It's that it would it's tropes that have been used in every sitcom, but it kind of makes them adult and fresh. Yeah. And this gets <laughs> this gets very adult. Um, so yeah, we 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 uh, <clears throat> we coach uh, after they kind of agree to set each other up. Coach suggests to Sam that he'd be a great date for Diane. And he's like, oh, I've always thought you'd be a great date for Diane. So now Sam's convinced. Coach, man, yes. Huh? <laughs> coach, coach is great. Um, Sam's convinced, but, but maybe maybe don't listen to Coach. You know? <laughs> uh, like I, I, I would listen to Coach in very specific circumstances. Yeah. But in terms of setting up a plan, yeah, I'm not listening to Coach. Although, yeah. although this is a moment where Coach is right, oddly enough, right? I mean, I, in a way, he's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, not so, for winning this game, he's not right. Yeah. No. Co- no. Coach gets the subtext, but what's wrong on the text? Yes. <laughs> Yes. So Sam is now convinced that Diane is going to set him up with her. So he's 
he's just you know this just coach alone bringing this up now now Sam's convinced that you know this is just a a, a, a big ploy for Diane to set. So, so and that's, he decides, that's an insane leap to make. Uh, it is sorry a big to interrupt, leap. but just to yeah. think that there's they've got a specific time where all the dates are going to come, and he thinks that Diane is relying on him to understand her plan because if if her plan was to truly just show up herself and say I'm the date, well then Sam's going to have this extra guy, and what's he going to do? It would it would make no sense. So we also have this this recurring bit through the through the episode about Carla because she she's the knowing observer, right? So she knows what Sam is trying to do, and, uh, and yeah, I don't not the best. I just I'm sorry. I I think this episode is almost an A plus, just an absolute waste of uh, of Carla's character. Uh, so I mean we've, I mean I think. I don't know. Carl is the worst of the main character of like the characters on in Cheers. Am I wrong on that? Well, I, I mean, I feel like a broken record because I come on here and I say this every week. But Carla, when I was a kid, I liked Carla. I hated Diane, and I yeah. watched this as an adult. And to me, Diane is the one reasonable person on the show. And Carla, <laughs> Carla's a sociopath. Like what? It, she's just an awful person. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I, it's, I'm not going to dispute that. But just like working with what you have with characters, like she just she does nothing, and for how much screen time she gets in this episode, she doesn't really bring much to the table. I do enjoy her laughing throughout this episode. I don't. I do enjoy that. It wears thin after a while for me, but but I I, I get I, I I understand I might be wrong there. The um, the obviously we'll have many many episodes to get into this, but the Carla hating Diane stuff, it it doesn't always land in a comedic way and sometimes it's like jesus carla what like why why you just mean yeah yeah that, i agree with that that's true um but so carla knows about this she just laughs all the it, so. uh, sorry all the best carla stuff involves how she's like always pregnant and and <laughs> you know the the plot lines with like dan hedea and jay moore and those guys and like, and doesn't her sister write some episodes? I think when like some of those are better too. When like Rhea Perlman's sister is the writer and she writes like Carla episodes sometimes. Yeah. Um. So now we get to the night of the date, though, guys. This is where stuff starts really happening. Um, we have a great. I mean, I think a great visual gag with the uh, the bit with Sam getting ready for the date with a hidden breast spray falling from the bar. Yeah, that's pretty. I I like that a lot. Yeah, and it's it's fun to watch these um, bar flies just sort of live vicariously through Sam. Like they're so excited for his little pregame ritual of slathering on the aftershave, getting the hidden banaka or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's 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 like being a married person when like Tinder comes out and you have a friend using it. You're like, what? What do you do? <laughs> oh my gosh! You just swipe and then they contact you. So then Diane shows up for the date with someone for Sam, Gretchen, who is a kinesiologist. And Sam instantly panics. Because <laughs> what a dumb idea he had. Um, and then he he goes to find anyone in the bar that can be Diane's date. He goes to the back room, and there's no one there. And then out of the bathroom comes some dude that... I love this tiny little bit. 
he's wiping his hands on his pants. Yes, that's a great detail. <laughs> Someone who just couldn't take the time to use paper towels or anything and just was like, ah, oh, I'll just. My well, pants to be to be fair, maybe Cheers had an automatic dryer that never works. Yes, um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, and so Sam gets him and essentially pays him twenty dollars to go on a date with Diane, and and says he pays him the twenty dollars to keep the lie up. And I I also like how even in 1983, twenty dollars is not an amount of money where you should instantly jump on it. No. Like, like what was that? It was probably like, you know, maybe $35, $40, maybe even 50. I don't, yeah. I don't like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's an amount of money where it's like, uh, this is a lot of weird stuff to do for that amount of money. (laughs) That's true. This night goes on and on. Um, so, at first, I will say this. Andy seems like a nice enough guy, right? Like, he just seems like a schlub a bit, but, like, you know, he seems okay. He seems like the kind of guy who'd be hanging out in Cheers, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but then things take a dark turn because uh, they're going off on their date. Andy finds out that they're going to an Italian restaurant, and he wants to make sure, and he says this in just the most, not in an alarmed way, just sort of matter-of-factly, Wants to make sure it's not the the Italian restaurant where he killed a waitress at. <laughs> <laughs> this guy owns it's the way they so- the way they set up that joke and <laughs> and following through on it is is great. His yeah. back is to the audience. He's kind of going up those steps. It's so tossed off, like it's such a casual admission. Yep. As he's about to go on a date with strangers. <laughs> <laughs> what an insane left turn! I uh, loved it. Uh, can you? All right, let's uh, let's speculate here. What were, what were the circumstances of this murder or manslaughter? Oh yeah, well yeah, because we find out he just came out of uh, he just came out of prison after ten years of manslaughter. Yeah, um, I've I've got a theory. He was so happy with his meal that he charged back into the kitchen and oh. he like flung open those uh, you know those doors that are kind of just on free hinges so they flip back and forth. Yeah. Well, she was yeah. coming out, and she was going to do whatever the dessert is where they actually, like, have a little blowtorch, and they, oh, they yeah, burn yeah, it yeah. at your table. So she yeah. had that and got hit with the door, caused her to ignite the torch while it was, like, kind of bumping up at her face, and she just burned her face off. That's a good answer. That's burned good answer. her face off. <laughs> I think that he um, sped away so quickly from the valet that he ran over the waitress on her smoke break. Oh, Joe, that's a good one. That's a good one. Damn connects, it. You to connects the things that occur in this episode. See, yeah. you took my answer. I was going to say that he had one too many glasses of wine in the restaurant and just accidentally rammed his car into a waiter or a waitress. It's important as we think about it, though, to remember that later uh, when he talks about the date and he mentions that he at one point asked for a sharper knife. Yeah. And uh, and the women like screamed in terror. Yeah. I figure that by that point, he's told them the full story. So whatever he told them made them scared of him having a sharp knife. Yeah, the true. The the manslaughter part does make it tougher to figure out because, you know, he does seem more like a That's good joke killer. writing there. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, so um, we <laughs> the, 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 the double date returns to the bar and we hear a motorcycle just. speeding outside (laughs) yeah and uh diane comes back and her hair is just crazy because she's been on the back of the motorcycle and this is another moment this is not a subtle but like shelly long is so good 
comedically in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Her <laughs> she really plays the indignity that she suffered very well. And so I have a question on this because Tim, you're you're sort of the expert of, of, of all four of us on Cheers. Tim. <laughs> so this is this is filmed before a live studio audience. So like is she going back and then like is, is Shelly Long going back and they're like fixing her hair up so she can come back for that scene? Yeah, I think, you know, after the last scene they they cut, you get somebody out to entertain the crowd. You got usually uh, a stand up who's kind of an in house person who just goes out there and tells jokes and keeps everyone entertained well the cast gets their new blocking if there's any costume changes uh, in this case she has to go get her hair frizzed and then the audience hasn't seen that because she's backstage and she comes down the steps which are not exposed to the live crowd and so th- you can get that genuine reaction of them seeing her hair for the first time that way but yeah. when she but when she comes back after she fixes her hair I, I i almost feel like there wasn't a break there like that's just like they quickly fixed her hair you're probably yeah. right. I would assume there's yeah a hair and makeup person. They could have filled that out of sequence too. I guess. Yeah, I suppose yeah. Just, they probably they probably did that last or first. I would guess it, last. But to get to, but I don't know if you could do that because you're, if you're getting the audience reaction, you kind of have to have them go along with the story, yeah. don't just you? Just because yeah, I tend to think most of these audience. were were filmed in sequence unless there yeah. was a location shoot as part of That's it. That's true. I think you're right, which is like which is wild to me. Um, so I've and, actually I've I've heard that. The actual like if you're in the audience for a live shoot, it kind of gets pretty tedious, especially if they have to do reshoots. Like it's like a three or four hour thing. Hmm. Um. Well, then Andy asks uh, one of my favorite lines for this episode, where they're sitting back and like the women are just horrified about everything that's happening, and then he just asks, "Do you ever dream you have claws?" <laughs> <laughs> like he that, says that, that, like that's one of those intensity. Like, yeah. That's that's one of those jokes that you see in Cheers once in a while where you're like, man, that's so far ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it just so, like, it just kind of, like, speaks that, to, like, this decade sort of, like, weird. Yeah, that's an, that's an adult know? swim joke. Yeah, yeah. I think what's so great about this episode is that we don't see the date. Uh, we only see the aftermath and the way that the women specifically are acting <laughs> yeah. really gives you yeah. some insight into how that date went. Because he says that. Gretchen immediately jumps out of her chair to leave yep. and he like goes to stand up to like shake her hand and she immediately goes I'm warning you <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, it's it's so good and then Andy uh, leaves and we have the live audience goes nuts for him with an applause which is just, he's like he's great I, I just I, after we watched this I looked him up just expecting him I was like man he must be some huge stand-up comedian or something that I, for some reason, don't recognize. Because yeah. he's so good. He's so good. He, like uh, that... Sorry, he he actually, I think, by virtue of the audience reaction, becomes a bit back, of a right? recurring character. Yeah, he's got yeah. a few more appearances. Yeah. Um, and he deserves it. It's just like a, it's just like those, like, that's that moment when he rewatches for like, oh, yeah, it's a live audience. Because, like, everyone's just, like, losing it when he walks out. Uh, Diane comes back. Her hair's fixed. Guys, she's upset. <laughs> yes. Um, and I can you know, relate. yeah. And Sam apologizes, and we sort of have a, a back and forth, and then we kind of get to the uh, the end of this episode where uh, Diane, uh, after Sam Corps finally admits to like, oh, he thought the date was going to be just between them. She says, "I didn't realize you were carrying such a torch for me." Mm. Um, first off, you don't hear that. No, that expression was something I 
was like, huh? Yeah. I, I was familiar with, there's a thing called torch songs, which are basically songs about like holding a torch for someone kind of like, you know, pining for a lost love song. It's, but yeah, it's something that I feel like even in the eighties was not that common. Yeah. Um, and Sam gets defensive and he says that he thought Diane was carrying a torch for him. And we sort of this back and forth. And we had this line that Diane says, and I'm wondering if this is like an innuendo at all, but she tells Sam that, uh, you know, says like, well, if you'll admit that, you know, you've been carrying a little torch for her. <laughs> like for, you know, I was like, is that a reference to Sam's little torch? Or am I reading too far into that? Mm. Mm. I don't it's, know. It's, I, if, if they wanted that to be the joke, they would have gotten a little audience laughter in there. Yeah. Because they manipulate that stuff. I don't know. Yeah. so You know, and for for as body as Cheers would get, I don't remember a lot of, like, dick-sized jokes. Yeah. I, it might not be. It's just something I thought. No, so then, I, I, I'm not positive either way, but... It, I it am. Did, <laughs> it, didn't come, it didn't come off that way to me. Me either. Uh, I was actually thinking as I watched this, a part of what was so enjoyable was how clean it was and yet yeah. how funny and and it's and so adult f- it is it's it's all very adult yeah like situations and behavior you know well do you guys ever do you guys watch these episodes as we watch them every week and just think like at this point cliff clavin is 34 years old i'm yes i'm older I, than cliff clavin i was talking yeah. i think one day to rob or maybe rob and joe about this about how like all these people on cheers are <laughs> our <laughs> age at this point like, like, well, yeah, Cliff Clavin, <laughs> and they're all like Ted Danson is more or less our age in this. Mm-hmm. That is or him, Car- I believe. <laughs> or <laughs> the guys I don't buy. Or like, Carla Norm is like Car- early thirties, right? Carla is like mid thirties. Yeah, I guess she's pregnant all the time, so she can't yeah. be that much older but than it, us. But it's just so yeah. weird because, um, grow like growing up, like I was more familiar with the Rebecca episodes because by the time I was old enough to watch Cheers, my mom and I would watch it a lot. But, like, watching it growing up, like, they were always like, oh, these people are way older than me. And now I'm going back and I'm like, like, theoretically, like, like Kelsey Grammer was, like, 34 when he started Cheers. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. It's nuts. Um, Still so bad, yeah. though. <laughs> so Sam Sam admits it, and very TGIF. genuine. Uh, uh <laughs> admits that he does you know have a little torch for her and then diane owns him and tells him that she isn't carrying tricked him tricked him good it's a (laughs) it's a great moment for diane yes uh who's been you know put upon by everyone and everything in the bar to just like own sam like that uh he's an idiot man (laughs) he's so dumb (laughs) but he's so charismatic yeah, but it's yeah. just like it, it's such a true to life depiction of a baseball player because they're the dumbest people in the whole world. <laughs> they are. I'm a it, big baseball fan, but baseball me players too. are uh, so yeah. I know. the dumbest. <laughs> yeah. They are absolutely the dumbest athletes. W- one it, thing one thing that happens at the end of this episode that's one of my favorite things now when I watch Cheers, not so much when I was younger, is frantic motormouth Ted Danson is yeah. a th- is a thing of beauty. Like it Growing up, I think I was more drawn to, you know, the more eccentric characters like Cliff or Norm. And now just grow, you know, as a grown up and I watch Cheers from day one, Ted Danson just snapped into that role. 
there was never any there was never one moment where he was kind of figuring out who Sam Malone was, whereas everyone else, you can kind of see them grow into it, sure. especially Cliff. Like, this is an era where they don't know what to do with Cliff, really. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Sam, Ted Danson as Sam, just from second one till the very end, just gets it. Uh, and then this episode ends with um, the... Uh, Sam and Diane acting their their most childish, yes. um, essentially, you know, just childish things saying to each other, and they run off. And now, I kind of like this how the uh, the the bar is embarrassed for them, and they start yeah. arguing about you know is Diane like Sam or Sam like Diane, and, and which one? And then and then we end right there. It's fun I because do. you see that everyone has been wondering. The same thing yeah. as the audience. Are these two into each other? When are they going to admit it? Et cetera, et cetera. It's fun to know that Norm and Cliff have... It, the way it comes across is as if they've been arguing about this over beer every night. Every, you know. Yeah. yeah. I also like that this is the beginning of the jokes as Norm treating the bar as his home. When yes. he says, hey, I don't come to your home and argue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's such a funny joke. Yeah. I think that's my favorite one of the episode. Oh, man. Yeah. It's so good. So good. Um, do you guys have anything else on, on this episode of Cheers? And weirdly, we haven't brought this up. Uh, that we're, we're so, how many, however many, uh, 18 episodes in? 17? 17. Yeah, in. Um, is this, this is the best, in my opinion, for a sitcom, the best, uh, theme song and title sequence. Yes. I don't, I don't think yeah. it's close. I agree. Yeah. Agreed. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It is. It's so good. It's like. It, it's you know as you you re- rewatch these shows like I never I never fast forward to the credit sequence like the opening titles no. I never it's like I I feel so much empathy <laughs> with like the you know the uh, making your way in the world today takes everything you've got I'm like it's oh. it's hard man <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, and like and like <laughs> I don't know I it, it really speaks to me a lot because uh, it, it talks. Um, Obviously, like these people are are functional alcoholics, and and it's troubling. But but it also <laughs> speaks to the idea that like there there is health and there is goodness that comes from talking to people, yeah, and having these conversations and having these relationships, and uh and and uh, for me growing up um, in Milwaukee, and th- this is something that's kind of dying. Uh, it's not kind of dying it is dying but like the corner tap in Milwaukee is such a cornerstone of so many neighborhoods particularly particularly on the south side of Milwaukee and the function of those is is to tie the neighborhood together like you, you after work you go there and you're going to see all of your neighbors there and you can talk about what's going on in the neighborhood and and, it, and it's like it's a community thing and, yeah. and I, I and I think like a lot of people that don't live in an environment like that watch a show like Cheers and they're just like oh look at these idiot drunks but I I watch this show and I think about how important the neighborhood bar is to is to tying the neighborhood together tying the community together and and if you go even earlier than that in Milwaukee it, it was the German beer gardens that did that sure so it it isn't about drinking it's about a, a meeting place to meet the people that you live by and talk to them. And, and all the people who look down their noses at that kind of thing are people that live in <laughs> like on roundabouts 
uh, sure. where the only bars are things in strip malls and stuff. And I don't know. I know I've, I've gone on these rants before. We're only 17 episodes in, and I've, this is like the third time I've been arguing about this. But uh, just, I don't know, it just bugs me. But I mean, no, it just means a lot to me. It, well, yeah, and, up- you know, the, the term public house, I mean, it it was a, like you said, a communal space. And it's something that's not very common in America anymore. No. And it's I, sad, but I, 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 at least in Milwaukee, it's coming. It is coming back to some extent, but I don't, I, I don't know. E- whatever. Even in a rural area where I grew up, like my dad owned bars. My dad owned a bar, and where else you're gonna hang out with people? That's where everyone. That's where you went. That's where stuff was. That's where you hung out. That's where you met people. That's where you, you know, that's where parties were at. That's where you know, that's, that's where it was at. Even in like small, tiny, like middle of nowhere. I mean, we weren't even in a town. We were just like off a freeway in a rural area. And that's off a highway, and that's where people met. So I get it, man. All right, guys, should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's well, do it. Let's wrap it up. Um, so the next episode will be uh, no contest, the 18th mm-hmm. episode of season one. Yep. All right, and we're excited to talk about it with every with you guys. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Duff, Joe, Tim, as always, and uh, we'll be back next week. All right. Cheers, guys. Bye, everybody. Come on.